Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Allie Dameron, and she is somebody I have followed online for quite a while now. Um, She's a wife, um, a mother to two little boys, a licensed acupuncturist, and a certified personal trainer. Um, For the last nine years, she's run her own successful private practice as an acupuncturist. And more recently, she's taken her message to online, and she does a lot of one-on-one consultations on women's health and hormones, and she also offers digital courses, Um, and she has her own podcast called The Ali Damron Show, which I have listened to pretty much since it started, so this is very exciting to have her on here, and today we're going to talk all about birth control, hormonal health, all that good stuff. Um, I have a bunch of questions that you guys sent via Instagram, so we will dive into those shortly, Um, but first, Ali, do you want to just give us an intro just I know I said a little bit about you already but if you wanted to give any additional details on what you do who you work with all that good stuff for sure yeah thank you so thank you so much for having me I'm super excited to have this conversation um so like you said I am an acupuncturist in the Denver Colorado area I've been doing virtual consults for about four years now and I actually since COVID in March have just gone 100% virtual so um, I don't have my office anymore actually for acupuncture but um, I treat really the whole broad spectrum of hormonal issues so I work with teenage girls on you know heavy periods and getting that stuff under control um, all the way up through menopause to you know help with hot flashes night sweats weight gain Um, all of that stuff. And obviously through the whole spectrum. So fertility, postpartum, period stuff, thyroid stuff, some digestive system stuff, um, pretty much the whole spectrum of just women's health in general. Awesome. Well, again, like I said, so pumped that you are here and you're my second guest. So it's especially exciting. Um, So yeah, let's dive into some of these questions because I know a lot of women, um, including myself, have questions about birth control and essentially what it does to the body, um, specifically oral contraception, contraception, the pill. Um, So yeah, what happens to our body when we start taking the pill? Okay, so there's a couple different options of the pill. So there is a combination um, and then there's progestin only. So the combination pill contains both synthetic estrogen and progesterone um, or progestin. And um, basically what it does is it suppresses the signals from your brains to your ovaries, kind of altering the natural function of the reproductive system. So your brain, you know, has a, we call it the HPO axis. So hypothalamus pituitary ovarian axis, and that part of your brain communicates with your ovaries and says like, Hey, produce, you know, estrogen at this time, or it's time to ovulate, do this, or produce progesterone at this time. And so basically what happens when you take the pill is it just shuts down that communication. Um, And so you're getting this either both progestin and estrogen or just progestin only in your body um, or your brain is like, okay, so we're having all these synthetic hormones. We don't actually need to produce anymore. We have enough in us. Um, And so it just shuts down that whole communication pathway for ovulation, um, cycles and all that stuff. And it is kind of a myth and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more, but 
it is kind of a myth when you have a period on birth control. It's not an actual period. It's actually just a pill bleed, which is a withdrawal from a medication. A real period needs to have ovulation. That's like the big event of your menstrual cycle, which produces progesterone then. And then you have a, a real period where you're shedding that lining. So it's a different type of thing um, when you're on the pill, but that's basically what happens um, is that it just shuts down that communication pathway. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. And a related question, I mean, pertains to a number of women I work with myself personally, but you know, a lot of us have taken the pill or took the pill for many, many years, like decades, even, um, what are the risks of, you know, taking the pill for 10, 15, 20 years? So I think honestly, we're still kind of figuring that out to be quite honest. I think, you know, a lot of people underestimate the power, I think, of our own estrogen and our own progesterone. Synthetic is not the same. It looks similar, but not quite the same benefits of it. And obviously, you know, like I mentioned, you're just taking the same pill every day. Maybe you're taking a sugar pack, you know, for a week or whatever. So you're not getting like the ebbs and flows of hormones that we naturally get. And hormones do more for us. Our own natural hormones do more for us than just like help us have babies. They help our brain health, our gut health, our moods, our, you know, endometrial lining, our cervical mucus. Like there's all kinds of different our hearts, our bones. There's all kinds of different things that it does. Um, and so, you know, there's several things. Um, the number one biggest risk is um, clot, stroke, and heart attack. So there are certain people that being on a synthetic estrogen can increase that um, and trigger like clots, strokes, and heart attacks. So, you know, there's a population that has a blood clotting disorder and I actually have that. So I've learned about this a lot, um, but you really, in my opinion, you want to know before you go on synthetic birth control, if you're one of the people who does have a, you know, genetic predisposition to blood clotting disorders, because that's going to increase your risk a ton of that. So that's number one thing that it can, can cause, um, you know, it changes our, you know, gut microbiome to some extent, those hormones change things in there. So that can lead to leaky gut and things like that. Um, it changes our cervical mucus. It changes our endometrial lining. Um, and all of these things are for preventing pregnancy. So like the sperm doesn't have an easy jaw or an easy time getting up into, um, conceive. So those types of things, um, it can cause, you know, there's a link between adrenal and thyroid issues if we look at it deep. Um, and then there is also a link between mood. So anxiety, depression, um, those types of things, mood swings can also be caused by um, synthetic hormones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then also, have you heard about um, any sort of risk related to breast cancer? I'm just thinking about like the excess estrogen. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just thinking about, you know, my mom's diagnosis and things like that. Yeah, I think that there definitely is. So when you're using, you know, any sort of synthetic estrogen, you know, there's a lot of estrogen positive or even progesterone positive breast cancers out there. And, you know, from doing, looking at the Dutch test, mm -hmm. you know, like all those different pieces of things to where, you know, maybe your estrogen level is high or maybe it's not, but maybe it's taking like a different detox pathway or something like that. And so, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there's links to that for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, just with like the detox pathways and things like that. I do love a good Dutch test. Um, and then, 
I got a question um, kind of related, but um, this person asked, does going off birth control put you at risk for things like ovarian cancer and other cancers? I haven't heard this, but you might know more than I do. So I, I don't think it puts us at risk. I definitely think like, like we talked about, I mean, and I'm not trying to like talk about the Dutch test the whole time, but really and truly, if you feel like you're at risk for those types of things, it really is beneficial to look to make sure your body is detoxing those hormones and things like that very well. Um, because that is really what puts us somewhat, there's other factors too, obviously, but that can put us at risk for ovarian cancer. So I don't find that. I think I've heard that from other patients and maybe somewhere down the line in OBGYN or some doctor has mentioned that, but I don't clinically find that. I don't think. Yeah. I would think like putting, you know, you know, synthetic hormones into your body is not, not keeping healthy from is if somebody has really high levels of estrogen pre pill, you know, like, like, so a lot of people do, you know, have really heavy, crampy, cloudy periods or regular periods, things like that signs of high estrogen. And so their doctor will be like, well, let's get on the pill and just like regulate this out. And so there's potential that, you know, if you do have really high levels of estrogen prior, maybe the amount of synthetic estrogen would be less than what you currently had. So potentially in that way, maybe it might reduce your risk, but there's always ways to regulate your own hormones without using synthetic so that you decrease your own risk of getting those types of things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we will talk about that in a second. (laughs) Um, So another question, um, a few people asked various forms of this, but basically what happens to your body when you stop taking birth control? Like what changes might you experience or symptoms and things like that? So a lot of people honestly go back after birth control to kind of what they were experiencing pre-birth control. So if you had normal periods and you maybe just took birth control for pregnancy prevention, there's a good chance that your body will kind of resume that quickly. Um, You can start ovulating, in fact, two weeks after you stop the pill. Some people, it takes a little longer, um, but you can technically ovulate two weeks later. Um, Other people if you took the pill to like mask PCOS symptoms or these heavy periods or mood stuff, whatever, chances are that's probably gonna come back too because that's the state of your hormones before birth control. Um, And so it kind of just depends. So we always do a little bit of history before you got on the pill, like what things looked like. Most people, honestly, I have to say, go back to kind of a normal state if they were on a normal state before. But there is this whole other syndrome, I guess, called post-birth control syndrome um, to where things may not go back to normal. So there is like post-pill amenorrhea, which means that you just don't get a period back. And I've treated that several times from women, maybe like in their forties, getting off the pill for the first time in a few decades. Um, Or, you know, like post-pill acne is another thing. You're that synthetic estrogen um, and progestin really secrete or really kind of like stop your sebum um, in your skin, that skin oil. And so your body, you know, to re-regulate itself, to maintain homeostasis produces more sebum. And so then if you don't have that synthetic estrogen in there, you can start to produce a ton more oil and get post-pill acne. That usually regulates within about six months, I think, but that's definitely something, um, so those are kind of the big things that I see, either just hor- old hormone issues rearing their ugly head, post-pill acne or post-pill amenorrhea, where you just don't get a period for a while. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I did get a question related about hair loss. Do you ever see that as far as people just starting to lose hair? It could be related to a bazillion things, but specifically related to that. Like post pill? Yeah, post pill. Um, yeah, you can. And again, I think a lot of it kind of stems back to what are the state of your natural hormones too? Because, you know, if you have really low levels of hormones, you're kind of deficient to begin with, with estrogen, progesterone, maybe thyroid, maybe cortisol, all of those different things. Um, the pill can mask definitely. I mean, a lot of people use the pill to mask symptoms. And so the pill can mask some things for you, um, that might kind of rear their ugly head in the other end of things too. So yeah. 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 And I was also thinking just nutritional deficiencies could lead to hair loss. And I mean, the pill, I mean, for sure. I mean, can make you depleted in all sorts of vitamins and minerals. Yeah. So it depletes you in like B vitamins, zinc, um, several other things as well. There's a formula for any of your listeners who are on birth control. Um, that's called OC companion by Vitanica. And it actually has, it's for women taking oral contraceptive. So it's helpful in moving your liver, like making your liver move that estrogen through there a little bit better and replenishing all those nutrients. So yeah, that is a possibility too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's a great tip for sure. Um, and that's a good transition to the next question. So if you are coming off, off the pill, or maybe you just have like crazy imbalanced hormones, like what is the best way to naturally balance your hormones or at least push them in the right direction? I know it's not going to be a straight answer, but just some of your go-tos as far as advice for women. So kind of twofold. So number one, again, be a historian and go back to what you were experiencing pre-pill. So we probably want to go back to treating that most likely. Um, secondly, I love, there's a formula also by Vitanic. I use that formula quite a bit or that company for women's hormones. Um, and it's called Fembry Balance. And it is made for women who are going through like getting off the pill, stopping breastfeeding, maybe postpartum, if you're not breastfeeding, um, perimenopause, it's just kind of like irons out your endocrine system. So it has something called Vitex in it. And Vitex helps restore that connection from your brain to your ovaries. Um, and so Vitex is super helpful. And if you know that you're going to be getting off the pill, I actually recommend starting some like Vitex or some, some treatment, whatever that looks like um, for your unique situation, maybe like a month or two, even before you get off so that you can kind of just like get it going in the right direction. Um, and then that can help you kind of wean off the pill or you don't really wean, but you know what I mean? Like kind of start on the right foot getting off of it. Mm -hmm. but I like Vitex for that. Um, it really, and other than that, it really just kind of depends on again, like what was the problem before? Is it PCOS? Is it hypothalamic amenorrhea? Is it high estrogen, low progesterone? And then we treat that. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely getting to like the root of what's going on with hormonal balance. Cause a lot of the times it really isn't like just the hormones. It's usually something else that's happening with the gut or elsewhere yeah. in the body. Um, Absolutely. And a, a good Dutch test is always really helpful. <laughs> helpful, but don't do it while you're on birth control. Not the best bang for your buck if you're on synthetic hormones. It doesn't show some of the yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that those are all good things. And you know, you know this too. But in hormonal world, we look at hormones as kind of like in a pyramid. Um, and so that foundation of the pyramid is going to be cortisol, which is our stress hormone, adrenaline, which is our fight or flight, and then insulin, which is our blood sugar. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure those three things are really balanced too. Yeah. 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 I, this is what I talk about with my clients all the time is like that stress management piece, because if your cortisol is through the roof, you know, you're not going to feel great. Um, and then blood sugar issues, like really making sure you are eating well-rounded meals that have, you know, protein, carbs, fat, fiber, um, and just making sure you're balancing your blood sugar as well as you can. But yeah, definitely, definitely important mm-hmm. for, for sure. sure. Um, okay. So coming off birth control, that was very helpful. Um, as far as non-hormonal birth control options, you know, do you have favorites? I got a lot of questions about the IUD, copper IUD, things like that. Yeah. So this is like such a unique question and it really does just depend on like where you are in your life, like what, what you need to be doing. So there's a lot of different options. Obviously, if you're done having kids and you're married or have a partner or whatever, vasectomy is like the best thing because it doesn't do a whole lot to the man and it really saves a woman's body. There unfortunately isn't, isn't any like great options for women, like nothing that's not going to be somewhat of a pain in the butt to either put in like condoms or diaphragms or something like that. Those are all options. Um, you know, sponges, spermicide, those types of things are options. If it's more, you know, I guess a little bit less long-term, maybe a lot of people don't like to use those for long-term options. Um, in terms of like IUDs. So the most common ones are the Mirena, which is progestin based and the Paragard, which is a copper IUD. So if I have my way, I think the copper IUD is probably the best option for long-term non-hormonal birth control for a woman. Um, It is copper, so you definitely want to watch that piece of things. You can get a simple blood test to look to make sure that your copper is not through the roof Mm -hmm. if you want to while you're on it. Zinc also um, is helpful to take while you're on a copper IUD, so you can just supplement with some zinc. Um, A lot of women, it kind of depends on your own body. So with the copper IUD, a lot of women do still ovulate, um, which is good. It's obviously non-hormonal, so you're getting some of your own hormones. However, I have seen people like doing a Dutch test or something that they are on the copper IUD and your brain, you know, knows there's something there. And so it's just like, yeah, not, not going to do it. Not going to produce these hormones right now. And so that too can actually really make your hormones look low. Like estrogen and progesterone can also be impacted by that. So it's not, you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, non-hormonal, it's not going to mess with my hormones at all. Like it still has the potential to, to some extent, but it's probably for women long-term, probably the best option. Mm-hmm. The copper one, well, vasectomy <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. copper. Um, I mean, is there really a risk of just copper toxicity or does that not happen too, too much? I don't think it happens too, too much. Like I said, it can, um, but simple blood tests to just check your copper every now and again, while you're on it can show if you're getting into that territory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So yeah. It's not the best. Exactly. Like they're never, there's not a risk-free option, unfortunately for women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it just, it sucks. Yeah. Kind of. There's always condoms. Like you're in high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. That you can go get a diaphragm. You can get like a sponge, you can do, if you trust yourself, like the fertility awareness method, mm-hmm. you know, where like the Daisy or the um, Ava bracelet, like those are options too, but you really do have to be aware. You have to know yeah. what you're doing. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause that's something that I've played around with in the past. You know, I read 
taking charge of your fertility teaches you exactly how to get pregnant and not get pregnant. Um, but for somebody who's just like hearing about this now or like totally new to this, you know, fertility tracking, um, what advice do you have for, you know, getting started or at least, um, you know, using some of those um, tools you mentioned? Yeah. So there, you know, we come in an age of tech, which is helpful for things like this. So there is like the Ava bracelet. Um, there's different, you know, technology that we can use to wear or whatever. And basically what you're doing with the FAM method or fertility awareness is you want to look at your temperature each day. Um, and so for you, you know, you kind of want to make sure that you have regular cycles, like they're not all over the place, or it's going to be harder for you to kind of track this. Um, so if you have fairly regular cycles, you wanna make sure that you're taking your temperature every day in the morning, first thing, um, not getting out of bed at all or anything like that and seeing what it what it is. And basically, so our basal body temperature is lower the first half of the cycle, and then it spikes about 0.5 to one degrees around ovulation and then stays high the second half of the cycle. And so we can like, based on that predict when we're going to ovulate, when we're going to get our period, if we're pregnant, because the temperatures will stay high in the second phase. Um, but you want to, in my opinion, when I do it with patients, I tell them to do it for a couple months to make sure like, you know, you're not ovulating different days. Like it does need to be fairly regular for you. And, um, you know, do it a couple months to like make sure that you're tracking and you know what you're looking for. You also can look at like the changes in cervical position. You can look at cervical mucus. So there's different signs of fertility that you can look for um, and, you know, either try or not try, depending on what your goals are in those times of the month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mentioned, I briefly mentioned, you know, taking charge of your fertility. Like if you want to know about like how your body works and what's happening, this book definitely goes into detail and really like, before, when I had insane, you know, hormonal symptoms and stuff, I really didn't know a thing about my body, but that is really a great first starting point for just figuring mm-hmm. out what the heck is going on with your body. Because yeah, if you've been yeah. on the pill for, you know, decades of your life, you really haven't needed to pay attention to it. And I was that person, I was on the pill for 15 years before, you know, I got pregnant with my son, but mm-hmm. it could be like a really, really good like I said, starting point for just like figuring out a lot of this stuff, because I do, I mean, I don't know what you think about this, but I do think a lot of hormonal imbalance can be quote unquote fixed um, with like nutrition and lifestyle changes and, you know, paying attention to how your body works. Totally. Yeah. I think a hundred percent. I think that, you know, once we kind of understand how hormones work, like which ones are high, how to support those hormones, like, you know, just simple things like, I know you talk about like nutrition kind of phasing that through your cycle or exercise or there's seed cycling, or, you know, even if you don't want to cycle through things, you can still have balanced hormones. If you just kind of know how things work and what to look for, um, it really is an empowering thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I 100% believe that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I definitely learned a lot and you had a lot of good advice and tips and things in there. Um, So where can listeners find you? Yeah, so my website's AllieDameron.com and on Instagram, I'm Allie Dameron. I have my podcast, Allie Dameron Show. And then on Facebook, I have a free Facebook group called Holistic Health with Allie Dameron where you can get access to me, ask questions, um, get support, whatever you need in there. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely check out her Facebook group. I'm in there and there's a lot of good conversations and good nuggets of information in there. So definitely find her on there. I'll link to all this stuff too so people can find it easily. But thank you so much, Allie. I really appreciate this. And especially being guest number two, it means a lot to me. So thank you so much. Thank you.